is the man that you fear most in football staring you right in the face. Pitch to Walter, looking for the record, cuts back, he's got it! Historians may debate whether Chicago's defense was the best unit ever to play the game. Go Bears! Welcome to the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2, and ESPN 1000. Here are your hosts, ABC7's Dion Miller and ESPN 1000's Jeff Miller. Welcome to the PointsBet Sportsbook pregame show. I'm Jeff Meller alongside Dion Miller. Meller and Miller here for you. And the Bears get set to host the New York Giants today in a game that feels secondary because, as most people are already well aware, Dion, we lost our colleague Jeff Dickerson earlier this week. It's been a very emotional week for a lot of people out there. Anybody who maybe they were celebrating the holidays and who would normally be with us, if you're unaware, uh, it's terrible to have to break the news to you. But, of course, Jeff Dickerson died at the age of 43 due to complications from colon cancer this past week on December 28th. We knew that it was likely coming as he uh, entered hospice a few days before that. So mm-hmm. it did not come as a huge surprise to anyone here at ESP 1000, but a lot of listeners were unaware of what he was going through, and our hearts are broken here at ESP 1000. So we're going to continue to spend a lot of time on Jeff Dickerson because a lot of people have spent – remembering the great life of Jeff Dickerson, the inspirational person he was, full mm-hmm. of generosity, and uh, we're not going to just move on and talk Bears-Giants. We will talk a lot about Jeff Dickerson as well today. Jeff, the reason a lot of people didn't know what he was going through is because he was such a professional. I mean, joining our show as consistently as he did with the same enthusiasm, um, he never never complained about what he was going through, never really let on that he was as sick as he was, and I think that's what feels so sudden to so many people, um, even to us, even t- even to his friends who he was, you know, working alongside and doing his work the way he always did. I um, I don't know if you've already seen on the socials, but they the Bears have set aside his seat, and wow, that got me emotional already this mm. morning. It's it's been a long, heavy week, and um, it still doesn't feel real, Jeff. It still doesn't feel real. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, uh, you know, we uh, apologize. Uh, well, we don't apologize, but if you hear the emotion on our voice, it's because this is the first Bears game we're doing without Jeff Dickerson. And as Dion yeah. noted, Jesse Rogers did tweet out a photo, um, very touching by the Bears, to set aside his usual spot in the media room reserved for him with his photos, some flowers, and uh, a game day program and this, the typical notes. So just uh, just tough for us here at ESP 1000. The Bears will remember Jeff Dickerson along with John Madden uh, mm-hmm. before the national anthem today with a moment of silence. So, uh, like he, touching and moving from anybody who knew Jeff and those who maybe didn't know him but got to know him through listening to the radio um, felt like they knew him. And yeah. again, as good a, as good and great a reporter as JD was, he was that much better of a person. And mm-hmm. so, I would also encourage folks. Uh, Dion did write. Um, a piece for the Daily Herald uh, about Jeff Dickerson. So I would encourage others to go out and read that as well because um, I think it, it does a good job of encapsulating the type of person that Jeff Dickerson was. And, of course, the other aspect <clears throat> is the very difficult 
circumstances, leaving behind his son Parker Dickinson. Dickinson yeah. Excuse me, Parker Parker Dickerson. Um, after also having lost uh, Caitlin, his wife, oh. to cancer about two years ago. So Parker Dickerson is struggling obviously with the loss of both parents and so we feel for him as well there is a gofundme parker's fund which has already exceeded a million dollars uh thank you to all those who contributed um truly generous and i think uh encapsulates the generosity that jeff dickerson dickerson shared with all of us so uh, i just wanted to make note of that for all those who haven't again it, it touched everybody around the league i'll start with the bears head coach matt Nagy, who um, opened his press conference the day after Jeff Dickerson's death. I want to start off by giving my thoughts and prayers to uh, to Jeff Dickerson's family and his son Parker. Um, obviously, it's a it's a tough day for all of us. We we know how much uh, Jeff meant to all of us. We all have different stories, be you know, with him. And um, for me, you know, I, I was able to have um, four good years uh, being able to learn who he is as a person and get to hear his stories. And, and when, when I think about Jeff, I, I think about, you know, how positive he was, which, you know, we all talk about, he's always glass half full um, with me. He was always very supportive and respectful, which, you know, is, uh, is pretty neat in, in this day and age to have somebody like that um, from the very start. Uh, and, and I appreciated that. Um, you know, I think about the good thoughts I have with him, and, and I think back to this past draft, I, him as a prognosticator. I mean, he, he, I remember him texting me a couple of days before the draft and, uh, and talking about all these predictions of who we may draft and may not draft. And he said, he's going to go ahead and say that we're going to draft Tevin Jenkins. And uh, it was, it was crazy, uh, you know, that that ended up happening, but uh, he didn't care about what anybody else was saying. That's what, that's what he predicted. And what do you know? You know, so he, he never, he never ended up bragging to me about that, which is just kind of who he is. Um, but I think he always knew that I that I knew. So uh, he's positive. He's a uh, prognosticator. And and the last thing is, you know, how proud he was of his son, Parker. Um, you know, I just I go back to thinking of all the, uh, you know, the, the the stories of the conversations before we had ever talked football. It was always about, um, you know, the the baseball tournament that he was playing or, you know, the football game. And it's just who he was. So, um you know, he's, he's uh, super proud. And I think that that's, uh, you know, we know that. Matt Nagy meeting the media. And um, this just came across per Adam Schefter. The Nagy family is making a personal $7,600 donation to the Parker wow. Dickerson fund because as JD predicted last spring that the bears would draft Tevin Jenkins, which they eventually did. Jenkins, Ugh. of course, wears number 76. 76. So Matt Nagy, decided to go ahead and um, donate for the Nagy family $7,600 for Parker Dickerson's fund. Um, again, so we not getting easier, Jeff, this is no, not getting no, I know. easier. I mean, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Still, it's, I'm it's sorry. unbelievable. It, and, and this week, what struck me about that GoFundMe was the incredible generosity from around the league. And I know that Adam Schefter was a big part of that reaching out to the Snyders with the Washington football team and the Packers and Jim Ursay. And I mean, the names that just kept coming in and people and around, around the NFL, knowing how hard Jeff worked in his job and how important that was to him. But his most important job was dad. And in the end, he ended up provide him and Caitlin ended up providing for, Parker in ways they never ever imagined 
just because of who he was and just because yeah. of the kind of guy that Jeff was. And that really touched my heart. Truly inspirational, resonated around the league. This is actually Vic Fangio, who now is the head coach of the Denver Broncos and spent a long portion of time here in Chicago as the defensive coordinator. So he got to know Jeff Dickerson. Vic also opened his press conference with a note about J.D. Also on a personal note there, uh, the passing of Jeff Dickerson, the Chicago ESPN reporter, um, was really sad and surprised to hear that. Got to know Jeff when I was in Chicago. Thought he was a hell of a guy, great journalist, and just a big loss to the NFL community and the journalist, journalistic society. And as we speak, uh, Pat O'Donnell, Bears punter, is currently wearing a J.D. sweatshirt, which um, you can purchase courtesy of Obvious Shirts. Uh, thanks to them as well for doing Great work uh, producing the Jeff Dickerson T-shirts and sweatshirts with the bear silhouette with the JD inside of the bear. Uh, all proceeds, all proceeds, every penny goes to Parker's Fund. And um, those, I think, are truly you know mm. big donations, too, because that just goes to show lots of people out there who, like I said, probably didn't know JD too well or didn't know him at all, but were still inspired by his story out there um, purchasing shirts and sweatshirts for him for the uh, Parker Fund as well. And I'm crying again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. But again, oh, like – Just I, a tough he, week. He, it is. And, and I promise you, folks, we will get to Bears and Giants. But, of course, this game really feels secondary today uh, because of all the emotions that we have had over the last, you know, four days or whatever it is here. And, again, it's touched the entire uh, Bears organization, the entire league, as Dion just mentioned there. Um, Chris Tabor, Bears special teams coordinator, talked about J.D. Just before we start, I just want to say how sorry I'm here about uh, Jeff. And, uh, and, and, his, and, you know, my thoughts and prayers and are, are with him and his son. I, I tell you, he's, uh, he was one of the neatest guys and great guys in, in, in this business. He'll, he will definitely be, uh, he'll be missed. Uh, we lost a good one, but, uh, I know he's in a great place. And one more here from uh, Bears defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, who did not know JD as well as some others, but again, just goes to show, the uh, true person that J.D. was, that he was able to even impact others who maybe did not know him quite as well. Guys, before you guys uh, uh, fire away, Mark, I know you're eager, uh, but I, I just want to uh, uh, make, make it just uh, offer my deepest uh, condolences and sympathies to Parker uh, and Jeff's entire family. It's uh, really unimaginable uh, kind of what they're going through right now, and it's, it's really difficult. Um, you know, I never had the fortune of meeting Jeff Uh I got the job here kind of when, when his diagnosis and all that stuff started. And, and, but we and I had texted back and forth. And, you know, I've been here for nine years now. And the one thing I have uh, learned is when you read a lot of Jeff's stuff and you, you hear about him and you hear him talk, there's a few words that came to mind for me where he was always fair and always informed. He was always uh, honest, accurate, knowledgeable. And I think that's just a testament to kind of who he was and how he touched many people. So, again, uh, I just want to offer my condolences to Parker and his family. I know they've started a GoFundMe, which I think is close to a million dollars now, which is tremendous. Obviously, the support that the community has uh, shown him. But, uh, uh, you know, in these difficult times, I hope he knows that, you know, uh, obviously the community here and obviously the Bears family and myself and my family uh, are here to support in any way we can. 
Bears DC, Sean Desai there talking about Jeff Dickerson, who we have spent a lot of time memorializing and also tearing up about on the station. And again, we'll probably continue to do so, but figured it was the best way to honor JD was to open our show talking about him because he did make such an impact on not just me, Dion, and everybody he knew, but everybody out there who got a chance to know him even a little bit were truly moved by the type of person he was. So I thought it was appropriate to start the show about JD and not so much the Bears and Giants just yet, Dion. It does um it it does help to to feel that like support from and and that his he reflected that same personality and consistency with everyone he interacted with and it does help to remember that and to kind of hear all of these people acknowledging just what a tremendous person he was so often in our business we get so caught up in getting the story and going as fast as you can and you ever wonder if you're making like a personal connection and i think from matt Nagy on down even some of the players that didn't know him at acknowledging just the the loss that we all suffered this week it just it really was um it was it was special. It was a moment. It was something that I think is is well. I won't. I certainly won't ever forget. Not just the loss of JD, but just the follow up and and what came after that. And um and you know, kind of bonding us all in a different way, which I think is really special. And I would encourage all others out there too. If you want to know a little more about JD, the type of person that Jeff Dickerson was, go ahead and check out um, the Hogan Johns podcast. Uh, Adam Hog. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Adam uh, <clears throat> Adam Johns, Adam Hogue uh, did a podcast where they invited Bears reporters. Now, now Dean and I are you know worked closely with JD, and he was our teammate. But mm-hmm. the Bears, you know, beat is a very competitive beat, and sometimes you know it's not necessarily or in every city it's not. Everybody who's covering the same beat, it's not always a um, a great uh, workplace, if you will. Like because when you're yeah. sharing the facilities with people who you're also competing against, things can sometimes you know not it may not be the friendliest. However, I would encourage folks to go ahead and check out the Hogan Johns podcast because they had they, they invited any Bears beat reporter who wanted to join them to go ahead and they all shared stories about JD and what he was like as a person to them. And how he just created a camaraderie amongst the Bears beat reporters, which I know you were obviously involved in, Deanne. But for you know, for yeah. other competitors, how much they truly appreciated JD as a person. I encourage uh, people to go ahead and check that out as well because uh, I thought it was a great representation of the type of man that Jeff Dickerson was, far beyond the type of reporter he was. Just um, the overall great person, full of generosity. Um, that he was is truly yeah. displayed in that podcast. So I would encourage folks to go ahead and check that out as well, just to uh, get a true sense of the type of person he was. All right. Honestly, um, oh. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dan. No, I was just going to say like a lot of our road trips that we took is when and where we all kind of bonded and JD really spearheaded these dinners that we would have. I remember when he invited me to the first one, I felt so honored that I got invited to a dinner with writers and then I showed up and everybody else was there too. <laughs> and I was like, but that's, that's what JD did. He wanted everybody to be included. He wanted us to eat at great restaurants and have good wine and good conversation and laugh and, and, and be together. And he did that. He brought us all together. And even though we were competitors we ended up being really good colleagues and friends and and talking about our families and those dinners had nothing to do with the story we were covering the next day it was just about 
getting to know each other and hanging out together. And, and Jeff did that. He was, he was a big reason why I consider a lot of those people, my friends. So. Absolutely. So check that out. If you want to learn more about JD. All right, we will uh, move to the field here and talk a little bit about what is actually taking place today at soldier field, a game between the bears and the giants, two teams that have already been eliminated from playoff competition. Are the bears making the right decision in terms of who's starting a quarterback? We'll talk about that next. This is ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2, and ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Snapshot to remember the 2021 Bears season. Carmen DeFalco <laughs> suggested that's what that was as Demir Bird grabs a two-point conversion from Nick Foles in Seattle last Sunday on Fox and gets Matt Nagy and the Bears a win, 25-24. to Dion, um, what, what were your thoughts? We haven't even touched oh on it. What were your thoughts of last week's game against the Seahawks in Seattle? That feels like a year ago. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, it, well, it was last right. year. It was definitely it, it, 2021. It, it does. It feels so long ago. Um, my thoughts were how fitting, right? Like it, that Nick Foles is the one who leads them to some sort of victory. That what did it matter? I don't know. Did it give them some sort of boost? Maybe. It just felt like. It just felt like it all came full circle. Like that's the quarterback that Nagy wanted and he's the one there to help them win their fifth game finally on the last Sunday of 2021. It just, I don't know. It felt lukewarm and I hate lukewarm. I mean, I I don't even really have any other words about it. I mean, the first half, I think we were texting and I was kind of like, okay, they're losing me. Like There was just (laughs) no energy to it. And then for them to come out with a win, it was good. It it was good. It's definitely something that they needed, but it just felt so weird with it being Nick Foles and and Demir Bird and other third stringers that we never thought we'd know their names this year. No doubt. Kudos to uh, Demir Bird. He actually, um, he won the coveted uh, You Got Mossed uh, award on Monday Night Football at Randy Moss, giving him kudos for a spectacular catch in the back of the end zone. Uh, but you're right. It was certainly, I'm, I'm just happy that Matt Nagy decided to go for the win and not force us to watch yes. some type of overtime because I think that's where we're kind of, we're all kind of at right now with the Bears, especially when Justin Fields is not on the field for the Bears. Right. Andy right. Dalton will get the start today. And I do wonder, I'm going to play Matt Nagy on Fields, what's actually holding him back. But first, I do wonder, Nick Foles uh, in the post game uh, last week, being interviewed <laughs> on the field, revealed this. And I wonder if this just uh, was a little uh, you know, perturbing to Matt Nagy when he um, found out uh, this is how Nick Foles reacted to the uh, two-point conversion. It's a simple play call that I've run before. And uh, Bird did a great job sort of ad-libbing his route to get open. Because if he had ran his normal route, I don't know if he would have been open. So I was, I was really happy he just played backyard football right there. <laughs> it's a simple play that I've run before. Before. <laughs> Listen, he's uh, there's no doubt Nick Foles is a capable backup quarterback. He's probably one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. A guy who's won right. uh, a Super Bowl MVP. That's undeniable. But I do think, give it to me one more time, Tyler, the uh, I, I've run before. 
It's a simple play call that I've run before, and uh, Bird did a great job sort of ad-libbing his route to get open because if he had ran his normal route, I don't know if he would have been open. So I was, I was really happy he just played backyard football right there. I do think there is still that, you know, disconnect where whatever oh. unfolded last year, Dion, however, you, like you said there that Nick, it was, it, it's so fitting that Nick Foles comes full circle. He's the one who gets the win in Seattle. Matt Nagy wanted him to be the quarterback last season, but clearly we saw at points they were on, they were not on the same page and Nick Foles kind of let the secrets out. He, you know, we talked a lot about oh, Brian, Greasy, Brian Greasy on Monday Night Football kind of, you know, being very critical of the offense. And then there were other plays where uh, other post game press conferences when Nick Foles wasn't afraid to let people know that certain play calls weren't working properly. So I just found it amusing that in a moment when the bears actually have some good news, Nick Foles couldn't help but float (laughs) that one out there. Of course he couldn't. How many times did he even say in the, in the post game about be, he does not like that tagline of being the third string quarterback. He cannot handle that. And it's, it's like, he's trying everything he can to kind of weasel his way in Not weasels the wrong word, but you know what I'm saying? Like get it, get it out there that he's better than where he is positioned right now. He is better than where he's at right now. And he's going to prove it every time he gets a chance on the field. I mean, I think him though, making it clear that, Nagy's plays aren't always working uh, is, is that iconic shot of him in Nagy's face on the sidelines. W- weren't they in LA? Yeah. Is that where it was? Right. Last year. Is that right? I'm, wow. My, my brain, which, which one there's, there's multiple. Cause I'm also remembering multiple, earlier this right. year. Remember this year when he was caught on the sidelines um, saying, yes. what was it, like, uh, the place just don't bleep and work, or, or you know what I mean, like where he was caught right. mouthing. Yes, 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 um, yes, yes. Right. With, right. To Dalton, I believe. So, to Dalton, yeah, there's been, yeah. So, there's been several instances where Nick Foles has kind of uh, not hidden his disdain for some of the offensive uh, play calls. True. True. And at who, what, I mean, what can they, but what can they do with him? They put themselves in this position, right? Like Our, he's, they're stuck with him. But I, so here's my question: Are you surprised that Andy Dalton gets the start today? <sighs> Did you think they they might go back? To, they might just let Nick Foles, um, you know, you can't win. Like, it, I mean, I, I, I mean, know, like maybe, but like I was, a, I was a little surprised that after that win, and you know, Foles was productive. Um, uh-huh. You know, I was a little surprised that they went right back to Andy Dalton. It'd be different if Justin. It's not even a conversation if Justin Fields is healthy, right? But with right, Andy Dalton. Right. I, I could have seen it easily going. Let, let's see what Nick Foles can do here. Well, I mean, I I'm, I don't argue with that because they need someone to take a risk and take Nick Foles off their hands. And if he can show something that, right? I mean, well, both of them, both of them are auditioning for something mm-hmm. next year, I would hope. I mean, I don't know about Foles being let go as easily as Dalton being done after his one year, but I don't, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't. Either one, either either one, I think could have started today. I don't know. I guess letting Andy come back now that he's healthy and letting him be the starter that they brought him here to be. I mean, in a, in a nonsense game at the end of the season, it's interesting. <laughs> yes. I don't. I don't. I would have. I would have. I, I mean, maybe I would have let Nick Foles start again. I don't know. I guess. I guess as I, th- you know what, I think if there wasn't the history, it might have been easier to turn yeah. to Nick Foles. But because yes. he and and like you know he's shown like or let it be revealed publicly at moments that he has some disdain for the offense that they've run in the play caller. Maybe that's yeah. why it was so much easier for Matt Nagy to just say, "All right, Andy Dalton's ready to go." Uh, Nagy did talk about what exactly is holding Justin Fields back right now. Probably, you know, for for us is I think the the pain of the football movements just as he's continuing to 
you know, get back through. It's one thing to be able to get back there and drop and, and uh, you know, take a handoff, a stretch handoff and, and hand a ball off and set up for pass and different things like that. But we want to be able to have, have him do everything, you know, and he wants that too. So um, whether it's, you know, scrambling outside of the pocket, extending plays with his legs, whatever it is, um, the package that he brings, we want him to be, um, you know, as close to 100% as we can get. And, and he's just not there right now. So that's the decision, you know, where, where we're all at. We all feel good about it. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going from there. Yeah, with any so, pain. I... Here's what I'm going to say to you. This week I was listening to someone else who covers the league. I even forget. I listen to so many podcasts. But they said that they described Nagy as a guy who, when he speaks, he invites suspicion. And I thought, that is brilliant. That is exactly what is everything he says. You're like, mm, what? I don't know if I believe you. And I hate mm-hmm. thinking that way. But even like that, he can't just say it out loud. It's like he hems and haws around things. He's like, well, with him, it's about this and that. It's just it's not smooth. And it, it makes you wonder exactly what's going on. But I agree. If there is even a, a tinge of Justin Fields not being 110%. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. He I don't want to see him again this year. Honestly. Yeah, no, I, you? I at this point I, I no, I tend to agree with you. There's really it's you know, today's I I get I guess the one thing I would say is Next week, they'll be in Minnesota, so the weather, the elements, it'll be, you know, controlled. It won't be, um, you know, like, I, I don't want him dealing with injuries in, in a brutally cold day. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want him, right. you know, dealing with that ankle injury and having to be out there in any type of compromised situation. But if, like you said, if he's feeling good next week, then fine, go ahead and put him out there. But you do have to wonder, it being the last game of the season, will will they even venture down that road at this point assuming that Matt Nagy's done you know to, right. what's the uh, what's the upside to starting Justin Fields next next week in Minnesota when um you can just uh just move away and say all right we'll get this all rebooted next year with a new head coach it, it, it's, right. it feels like we're very we're that we're we're, we're obviously that much closer cuz he's not starting today but um it makes it that much easier next week as well to just shut him down uh, when and say, hey, it's not worth it. So he is the franchise, Nag- the future franchise. He is. He is. And Nagy said this week, you know, like he was asked that question. Is there is there a scenario where you see just shutting Justin down for the rest of the season? He immediately said no. So maybe they are hoping he can play that last game because it is indoors and they can kind of control the environment a little bit more. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Do you think it's worth the risk? I'm just kind of on the fence it was, about it, we're, which is weird. I mean, think about when we started. All we were clamoring for was, please let us see yeah. Justin Fields. And now I'm like, uh, I'm ready for the reboot. Could, Let's like start again. I would, I would say I could go either way because uh, it feel like if he feels pretty close to 100, percent you know, it's different. Like because a day like today with the weather in, at Soldier Field, yeah, right. there's. It, like I could see you being like, eh, let's not chance it. Next week, if he's feeling close to 100, percent you know. Okay, I that's the one though where I would not be surprised because it's one more game. At that point, it's really he's there's not a whole lot of learning to be done. Whereas when you're talking about two, three games left in the season, yeah, get those reps and get yourself prepared for next season. But it's certainly possible that next week they may shut him down, and you know, just because it's only one, the final game of the season, it may be all for naught. You're getting a new head head coaching start, and we can move on from there. 
Up next, we will check in with Jesse Rogers, who will be at Soldier Field today covering the Bears for ESPN.com. He's going to let us know what's going on. We've already touched upon the fact that Jeff Dickerson, a moment of silence, will be held in his honor before the playing of the National Anthem. They've also set aside his seat, uh, along with uh, photos, uh, flowers, in the press box. We'll check in with Jesse Rogers next and find out the latest from him at Soldier Field. This is the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. The 5 and 10 Chicago Bears host the 4 and 11 New York Giants at Soldier Field. If that doesn't get you excited, <laughs> I don't know I don't know what will. I'm Jeff Meller along with Dion Miller as we get you set for Andy Dalton and the revenge game Mike Lennon to start for the Giants today. That's the first time I've mentioned his name. We'll have plenty to talk about regarding him as well or maybe not plenty, but uh, we will discuss it a little bit here. But right now, it's an opportunity to check in with Jesse Rogers, who's live at Soldier Field, covering the mm. Bears game for ESPN.com and us as well. And Jesse, we've already spent quite a bit of time on Jeff Dickerson, as we have all week on the station. But um, please feel free to uh, give us the latest uh, and whatever you'd like to share as well. Well, let's start with I don't want to be here today right i mean i was driving in thinking that like this this is not what i want to be doing today and not just because i like to be on my couch it's because this is this is jd's beat and has been for 20 years but uh you know someone has to cover it for bristol right so so that's me and i'm i'm honored to do it although i won't do him service with my coverage i'm sure you know what i mean um he was so much more tied into this beat than anybody i know uh, but a nice tribute already in the press box. You may have seen the pictures, um, you know, flowers at, at J.D.'s seat with, with some family photos. The man took a good photo, I will say that, him and his late wife, Caitlin, <laughs> him and his son, Parker, and, and then one of him alone. And you know, everybody's been, been standing around talking about, about him and, you know, taking pictures of that and tweeting it out. Just trying to remember him, right? And uh, that that's kind of what I'm going to be doing watching this meaningless game is just thinking about J.D. and, the jokes he'd be telling in the press box and, and, and stuff like that. And of course, there's some other things that are going on to honor JD. Um, the the media, you know, and obviously I'm new to this for the Bears, but the media gives out a good guy award to a player every year. It's now going to be renamed in Jeff Dickerson's honor, like the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award. Dion, you probably mm-hmm. are more up on this than, than I am, but that's going to happen. Um, you know, they're going to sort of take care of and honor him at his cubicle at Hallis Hall. Now, no one's up there now because of COVID, but uh, they'll honor him at, at, up there. You know, everybody has a little cubicle there. There'll be a moment of silence today before the game, along with, uh, you know, John Madden. They're going to remember Jeff Dickerson. And uh, you may have seen a, a couple tweets on this. Uh, Matt Nagy has um, donated $7,600 to uh, the Parker uh, Dickerson Fund on the GoFundMe page. And that number is specific because, um, and you may have heard this in the presser the other day, Jeff predicted to Matt that they would draft Tevin Jenkins who's number 76 and they went ahead and did draft him. Jeff predicted that before the draft. And so Matt Nagy chose that number 7,600 just to honor him and re- remind him that he got that draft pick, right? We, we all make those predictions and usually that we get them wrong, but Jeff was so <laughs> tied in. He got that one, right? So a lot of big and little things going on to remember our buddy, Jeff Dickerson. 
And Jesse, the Bears have done so so much to um, kind of honor JD throughout the week, not only their donation, but with that good guy award. And they have offered to now in the media room at Hallis Hall, there is a display of the previous good guy award winners. And they have said they will pay for whatever we want to do as as like a writer and broadcasting group to change that signage to make sure that it says the Jeff Dickerson good guy award. It feels very fitting that um, that we make that change. And uh, it's so appropriate for him to have like a permanent place on that wall in there because he did mean so much to that room, to the people in that room, and and he did such a great job on the beat. You will do fine today, I promise. This game is meaningless, so you can't yeah, screw well, it up, Jesse. Yeah, well, Dion, you know me. I could screw it up. But um, uh, and, and, and I, know this, I know this sounds cliche, but, you know, Jeff Dickerson, uh, that award being named the Good Guy Award, it, it totally does fit Jeff Dickerson. Yeah. And, it, like, yeah. if I could be more self-deprecating, there's no way they would name that after me. I'd be the bad guy. Award. You know, but <laughs> Jeff Dickerson, Jeff Dickerson is, is, is truly, truly is, uh, should be uh, uh, the good guy award. You know, it should be named after him. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's just some nice big and little things. And I think it's just been cathartic for everybody involved in the, in the Bears world and in our radio world to, 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 to honor him and remember him and, um, I think I think that's that's the most we can do, and obviously there'll be services this week to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the things that are being done, are, w- w- I think, will we'll, there'll be some permanency permanency to it, right? Well, something to remember when you go up to Hallis Hall and you see that award, and same thing uh, uh, here at the press box. So I think that's the best we can do right now. No doubt about it. Jesse Rogers joining us here on ESPN 1000 as he covers the Bears beats. For Jeff Dickerson today, as the Bears have their final home game against the Giants, they are five and ten against the four and eleven Giants at Soldier Field. Both teams have been eliminated from playoff competition. Are you uh, are you ready for this, Jesse? Because, uh, like you just said, you got thrown into the uh, heat here. And the truth be told, the good news is, as Dion mentioned, uh, you can write whatever stories you want. Uh, I don't think, outside of you know your lead, lead graph being uh, the moment of silence for Jeff Dickerson after that, I don't know what Bears fans' takeaway is going to be from watching this game being played without Justin Fields under center today. Yeah, well, for me, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of interesting. R- Richard Dent was one of my favorite players growing up, and, and here's Robert Quinn about to break his single-season sack record. So that's something I'll be focusing on and, and, and writing on and hopefully providing a little context on. And, and it does feel like when a guy has that kind of a season on defense and you go you're 5-10, and 10, it feels like a waste, right? I mean, yeah. how about mm-hmm. wasting a historic defensive season if – if those sacks had meant more to this team in terms of wins and losses, it would just be that much more important of a record to break. But it is, it is something. It is, it is one bright spot in a, in a really bad season. Um, can't even get the, the uh, benefit of watching Justin Fields get some reps today because he's out. So it really is meaningless for both teams. I mean, the Giants have that weird draft situation where they have the Bears pick. So, Win or lose, it, it both helps and hurts the draft position of the Giants. Um, mm-hmm. Either the Bears pick goes up or the Bears pick goes down, and same thing with the Giants' own pick. Uh, Mike Lennon's going to start for them, so not much meaning in them, in, in their quarterback playing either. I, I was maybe surprised for a moment in time that, that Foles didn't get the start just because mm-hmm. he is under contract next year. Um, and he did win last week, but, uh, you know, Dalton was ahead of him, and I guess you don't lose your job you know, to, to injury. So um, it is going to be Dalton over Foles. Does it really matter either way? No, they're kind of interchangeable in a lot of ways. 
So you're right. There's not much to this game other than Robert Quinn. That's about it. Do you, I mean, do you think that there's any, I don't know, drive, like truth to this, that they all keep saying the right words about finishing on a strong note and playing for Matt Nagy and unsure of what's going to happen next. Do you take any, any like confidence in that, that they're going to come out and like really be pushing or trying to show something on this last home game? Yeah, it's a very good question because uh, normally I'd say maybe at least, if if the opponent had something to play for, like that usually brings out something in you. But with such little to play for, yeah. the weather that it is, um, I, I, I don't know. I will say this. I, I don't think that is something that they haven't done. Like I don't think they've just laid down. You know, they had that great first half against the Packers. They, they played all the way to the end last week. So it's not like they've given up on Matt. I don't think we would say that. But are they willing to come out and, and lay it on the line in, in, in these conditions against this opponent? It's hard to know. I don't think they'll just, you know, play play the Matador, you know, thing for Saquon Barkley that walk <laughs> through. But 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 I don't know if they're going to just you know play all out. Maybe the way they did against the Packers in that first half on national TV. Uh, but but look, they played hard last week and won the game. So so we'll see. Uh, they could easily finish the the season on a three-game win streak. They could, and that would be something, but it would not save Matt Nagy's job. Yeah, you know, the one thing is the Giants come into this game, and they are – they over the last, you know, since Daniel Jones went down offensively, they've been abysmal. Jake Fromm got the start last week. He was so bad they had to turn back to Mike Glenn, and I believe they've averaged just under 12 points per game offensively since Daniel Jones went down, so they've been an absolute nightmare. And you're, you talk about Saquon Barkley, Jesse, who's returning to the field where he actually tore his ACL last year. He has not been the same since no. that game. Mm-hmm. You know, the hope was that he would return this year and maybe after a month or so might, uh, you know, of easing him back in, he might actually to the, being the player he was. Or that, I think that was more the anticipation. The truth is, though, that he's been dealing with uh, sorted injuries all throughout the season, and over the last month or so, he has not looked good himself. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of questions for the Giants, and I, don't, I doubt they'll have any answers. It's an opportunity for the Bears' D to really... Um, I think, like to your point about Robert Quinn, I think he has an opportunity here to really kind of feast and take advantage of a bad offense. So um, not only might he break the record, he might actually uh, boost it up quite a bit here. I think he has, you know, 20 sacks is within sight, uh, Jesse, for Robert Quinn. Yeah, and and just if if he gets to 19, he'll be the first player in NFL history to have 19 for two different teams. Um, That's quite amazing. Yeah, so he needs, I think, he needs two to set that mark and 20 would be amazing. Obviously with the extra week, he, he might be able to get there as well, but you're right about the giants offense. I mean, if we could find one worse than the bears, it's the giants right now, <laughs> yes. which, especially, you know, not that Daniel Jones was that great, but at least he was a, he's better than Mike Glennon. So right. the, I, you know, they asked me my, my first um, thing I had to do this week covering this, this game was give a prediction. It was the same day that there was a bowl game on Wednesday, I think, and the final score of that bowl game was eighteen to six. Can't remember oh, no. it was Minnesota. It was a Minnesota, <laughs> and that was my prediction. Bears win eighteen to six, and that goes in oh, line with JD. He would always give weird mm-hmm. final scores, and yes. so I'm going with a weird, different kind of final score. Though I don't know, it may not be that weird. A field goal situation <laughs> for both teams, eighteen to six, is my prediction. Bears win. We've Love seen it. Mike Beautiful. Lennon, so that's not that weird. 
Uh, good good <laughs> yeah, stuff, exactly. Jess. All right, man. Great, great work. We do appreciate you, you popping on today. Um, thanks, Jesse. Uh, the worst circumstances, but thanks for joining us here on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. As always, uh, presented by Three Chi and Valparaiso University. Up next, you know what, Dion? When it is the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show for Bears, but when somebody does something that's never been done in the history of their sports, at least at the professional level, I think we have to take a brief moment to honor it. We'll do that next here on ESPN 1000. You're listening to the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Look for the win. DeRozan to win it. DeRozan, DeRozan, pump fake for the win. Got it again! And the buzzer! DeMar delivers again! That was awesome. Awesome. Both times. Awesome. So good. DeMar DeRozan, the first time ever in NBA history with buzzer beaters in back-to-back games on back-to-back days. Just ridiculous. Um, um, the first... In two different years, Jeff Miller. Yes, yes. <laughs> that will never I, – I, I feel confident in saying, Dion, that that will never be replicated. And, of course, too, uh, Adam Mean coming off the bench – because uh, Casey Johnson had to step in and do some play-by-play in the first call due to yes. a uh, uh, COVID test that was uh, – there was some issues with it as uh, Adam Amin had to test to make sure that that's part of the NBA protocol. So Adam Amin unavailable for the first half of the Bulls game against the Pacers, but he was able to clear protocol and give you a great call <laughs> on the winner on NBC Sports Chicago of the first call. And then, of course, yesterday against the, Wiz- uh, the Wizards – Pretty ridiculous by DeMar DeRozan. The Bulls, at least they're the fun team in the t- in town right now, Dion. Uh, seven in a row, first place. It is awesome. That was so much fun. The last 48 hours with them has was so much fun to watch. It was just, it, yeah, it's, it says a lot about where they are. And all of the COVID stuff they've gone through and to still be winning the way that they are, it's it's impressive. It makes it for an exciting start to 22. We'll see what happens here. But I like them. I like what we're hey, seeing. Pff- and they are uh, currently atop the Eastern Conference with the number one seed awesome. at 24 and 10 due to those seven straight wins. The Nets have lost two in a row, so they have fallen a game behind the Bulls along with the Bucks. So right now, number one seed in the East. Not too shabby and um, mm. very fun stuff from DeMar DeRozan the last couple of days. Good to watch him. All right, so... Back to the Bears, and it is Mike <laughs> Lennon's opportunity for a revenge game today. But, boy, they have really been bad, the Giants have offensively. Jesse yeah. was talking about how it's an interesting situation for them because, as he pointed out, they have the Bears' first-round pick next season as a result of the Justin Fields trade. And so right. the Giants, either way, 
probably, you know, I, no matter how this game goes, it's going to be in some ways to their benefit, but also to their detriment. I think the Giants fans, not the team, but the fans are probably hoping that the Giants lose because they're currently 4-11, and and there's still a path for them to finish with, like, the second overall pick, depending on how this goes. So based on strength of schedule and all that, I would think Giants fans are probably actually rooting for a loss by the Giants today if they're approaching this logically. Well, and and they need to approach it logically. I mean, they are an absolute mess and have been, and they need they need to get this draft pick right to kind of help them set their course. So, I mean, you and I both have talked about we're not big fans of cheering for your team to lose, but I think Giants fans definitely want to see them see them their franchise start to set themselves up for a turnaround here that is desperately needed. It's been a big fall for them, and um, and this has been a challenging year. So, yeah, that's where we're at, right? Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Uh, and then, yeah, it's just it's not it's not fun for anybody right now. It is weird to kind of like have to invest yourself in this game. You know, I'll be watching, but I, I'm not gonna lie, Same. man. This one is certainly going to get. I mean, last week was easier to put more focus because there were only two other games in the uh, league going on. But yeah. I have to I have to tell you, with so many games, because there was no Thursday night game, you know, due to the holiday this week, um, you know, they're. They're done with the Thursday night games in the league. So with so many games going on concurrently, um, the Bears are – it's going to be on the monitor, but there's going to be a lot of other interesting things happening around the league that are probably yeah. going to pull my attention away from this one because I, I don't know – aside from, I guess, Robert Quinn you know, sh- shooting for a – and I do hope he can actually do it I do today too. in yeah. the 16 games. And yep. so you, don't even, you don't even have to you say, oh, well – he did it with an extra game. It, this is a huge opportunity against this moribund offense that the Giants are going to toss out there. We, I mean, I don't know if you remember the few starts that we got to see from Mike Lennon, but um, he I had do. a tendency to uh, hold the ball in the pocket quite a bit. <laughs> so I think there's going to be quite a bit of opportunities for Robert Quinn to take advantage of that today. Because I like to like do these deep dives down the to uh, the the tunnel of years past i did go back and look at mike lennon's short time with the bears remember how they insisted it was his year do you remember that he's like this is my year this is my year four games i think his overall quarterback rating was 25 it was bad it was really bad it was really really bad but if you are looking for like something to do this afternoon there are plenty of good seats still available at a frigid soldier field for like $25. <laughs> I mean, the lowest price I saw was $25 right now. Boy, I'm going to, if you want to go, I'm going to tell folks out there, um, I think you could hold out for better. Head on down to soldier field and uh, wait until, wait until the, the game actually kicks and then go ahead and scoop up your tickets on the secondary market. I bet you, you could do even better than $25. I bet you could too. Once, That's once pretty it, sad. Uh, it, yeah, no, it's, this is where we're at, though, um, when we're I at this know. point in the season. Um, you know, in terms of what's on, on the line, perhaps uh, a couple of big games by David Montgomery, and he can go over it's rushing. So yeah. that might be, you know, something that, um, uh, you know, the personal individual goals, like as, as we're talking about Robert Quinn, I think, honestly, that's kind of what we're looking at. Darnell Mooney um, can go over 1,000 yards receiving if he has 140 yeah. in the final two games. So that's probably something that um, they're thinking about as well. Aside from that, there's not too many other interesting, you know, statistical achievements that can be had. I think we've hit <laughs> on most of them uh, because the, the passing numbers are just going to be absurdly bad 
when it's all said and done again. As a team, the Bears have th- thrown for 3,137 <sighs> yards. I mean, as a team, they're still going to come up short of 4,000 with an extra game this year. They've got wow. 14 touchdowns and 16 interceptions as a team yet again. So it's just been one of these years where I, I, I don't know what to tell people. It's been pretty bad. It's been pretty bad. And that's why the off season will be full of drama and excitement because obviously there's going to be a lot of changes going on. And I'm, I'm eager to get to that postseason press conference where we kind of see what the vision may be. There's still a lot of questions, still a lot of questions as to who the McCaskies will hold responsible or how they will begin this, this reset or whatever they're going to call it. Are they going to call it a full rebuild? Cause they have a quarterback now. Are they going to, just call it a cleaning of the house. Like what, what exactly that all looks like. Um, they have to have a plan, right? <laughs> we shall find out. Uh, that was uh, that. Is, was that a rhetorical question? Because I cannot answer that one confidently. I mean, sort of, sort of, because I feel the same way. So it's the same way. Like I've never, nothing they've done has, has made me feel confident. They've got this kind of mapped out that, okay, this is the next step we're going to take. I, I have not, seen that from them in a decade of covering this team. It often feels like they're just making moves as quickly as they can and not really with some sort of clear direction that this is what is, is going to help us get to the next step. And that is disturbing. And that makes it, that makes it kind of like even more interesting to see what they, what they might do here. For sure. That's the voice of Deanne Miller. I'm Jeff Meller. This is the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000. Also presented by 3Chi and Valparaiso University. All right, up next, we joked around last week about Jermaine Effetti's revenge game in Seattle. <laughs> well, Matt Nagy actually um, enlightened us a little bit about why he decided to use Effetti last week over Larry Borum and just what we can expect this week. We'll do that in just two minutes.